Well, we, I wish we could say we had uh, planned this, but I, we really believe in the sovereign king who is over all things. And so it's not a coincidence this morning that we had a chance to dedicate all these incredible kids and families to the Lord to be able to celebrate life uh, we're just literally a week into spring where life is uh, brimming up and coming over and, and we get a chance to we celebrate families because we're going to talk a little bit about family because family is such an important thing. It's such an important concept. It's, it's something that's been in the heart of God because fa- family is actually important because first and foremost, family is actually a shadow and a picture of who God is. If you think about that, God has literally eternally existed in a family, right? You have a father, you have a son, and you have a spirit, and they are each unique and powerful and glorious and beautiful and magnificent, each one of them, and yet they are one in the same. We get a chance to experience that in our families, right? We get to reflect this powerful reality, right? Uh, in our family, we have we've got more than three. We have six. So we've got two, my, my wife and I, and then we've got four kiddos. We have two boys and two girls. Each one in the family are just incredibly, uniquely beautiful and awesome and magnificent. I'm not calling myself that, but the rest of them in the family are beautiful and magnificent. Uh, every one of them unique. And I love uh, to think when I think about the uniqueness and the coolness of each one of them, but they're all Robertsons. They're all Robertsons, and I love that. Now, there's gonna come a day where there's gonna be a couple of young dudes who are gonna come and want to say that they wanna take my daughters out of our family and start a family of their own, to which I'll say, you got five-minute lead time to run while I find my gun. (laughs) No, I won't say that. By the grace of God, I'll say, welcome to the family. Right, that there's a reality that they're gonna go start their own families. But at the same time, we just wanna have arms that are wide open that say, well, come on. We're gonna have, at some point in time, two more sons and two more daughters that are gonna come be a part of our family. And Why? Because that's who God is. God's arms are open wide, ready to bring people into his family. I love Psalm 68, verse four, when you've, We get a chance to hear the depth of the heart of a father who's bringing people into his family. It says, sing to God, which we all have. Sing praise to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord. And rejoice before him. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And I love what verse six says. God sets the lonely in families. Man, who is this God? He's making for himself a family. And the truth is, listen, when we get into church, we often use big words like redemption and salvation and justification. And listen, all those words are really precious and they are all deeply meaningful when you dive into what they actually mean. But at the core of our faith, what we have is a good good father who is inviting people to be in his family. This is who he is fundamentally. And I just think there is something that would sadden the heart of the father is that uh, there are rooms often filled with people who sing and serve and do the things and are kind, but they don't fully understand the heart of who this father is. 
They might find themselves in worship services, but they're not fully experiencing what it means to be a part of this family. There's a good father who wants to declare his heart. And so, listen, I love singing and I love serving and I love getting to do and be a part of the things and giving and all of the things that we get to do as a family. I think those things are important. But listen, none of it is more important than knowing and living out of the reality of a good father. This is the fundamental way we're meant to understand who God is. We're starting this series called, What Do We Really Need? Because we're asking some big, we're gonna ask some big picture questions about what it is that we really need, every one of us in our lives. And I can't think of a more critical start to getting into this idea of what we actually need than looking at this base need that we all have to belong. Every one of us needing to belong, to be brought into a family, right? That is, that is made full and whole, right? To be accepted, to be people who are accepted and treasured, to be people who are heard and seen and known, to be called up into something beyond ourselves, to have someone who sees who we are and to be able to validate us and speak life over us and then call us into something greater. This is what every one of us wants. The whole world's clamoring for it. And yet the answer is right here. Everyone wants to be known, treasured, and seen. And there is a father just waving his hand saying, that's who I am. And I'm calling you into this family. We all want to be seen, not just for what we can do or what we can produce. All my type A people out there, we know, you know the struggle. Come on. I'm not type A, but I know you guys, some of y'all are in. Right, but it's so easy to live based on what we do. I love all the great and incredible ingenuity that we have here in the culture in which we live in and all the ways we get, do get to see success and people do well. But success is so often awkwardly defined in our world, it just means what have you done for me lately? And if you haven't done something great for me lately, well, we'll just move on to the next. And what we have is a father who doesn't operate that way at all. It sees us. So I just want to look, for, we're going to briefly uh, look in the scripture and just go, well, God, how, what do you say about what it looks like to belong? What is your word? What is your voice over us this morning? What can we take home to understand what it looks like? So I'm going to start in Romans chapter eight, because what God has to say about himself and what he has to say about you has huge ramifications for our lives and so, and it has, it certainly will mean so much for actually how we live and how we think on a day-to-day -day basis. Romans chapter eight, we're gonna start in verse 12. So then brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, but for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Hear this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons, they're daughters of God. Verse 15. For you did not, hear this, you did not receive the spirit of slavery 
to fall back into fear. No, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I love, this is what the father would say to the fatherless, the widow, the orphan, which is the one who is the lonely, who has no family. It says this, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus has been brought and into the family because they have the spirit of God. And what happens is when you and I have the spirit of God, we actually become a son or a daughter of God, meaning God grabs you and pulls you into his family and says, you're mine, I'm sealing you up. You're mine forever and I'm leading you and taking you. You might ask the question, aren't all people, isn't everyone children of God? Listen, the answer is no. Listen, every person is fashioned in the image of God. Every human being is made in the image of God and has worth and value and dignity. But the problem is, sin entered into the equation and what we were meant for, which was family with God, was broken. And what happened is we were made enemies, distant from God. And what God did in sending his son was to say, I care so much about you being in my family. I'm willing to sacrifice my son so we'll be together forever. This is the king of the universe that we serve. He's saying the thing that was stolen, your child, you being a child of the most high God, stolen and broken by sin, I'll fix that for you. You can't fix it yourself but I'll fix it for you so that you can come into my family and you can forever have a good father who is for you, leading you, guiding you, speaking life over you, got a destiny for you, changing the very nature of our lives, changing the structure that we have on the inside. That's what he wants to do. And so the word that he uses to describe this new reality is he says, you're adopted. You were without you didn't have, but I brought you in and I made you my own and I forever will celebrate over you. And I want you to be a people from that place, from that reality who rise up and say, Abba, Father, that's what we scream. I've, I've been blessed to be able to go a couple of times to Israel once with my wife, once with my son, I got a chance to go over there. And if you'll listen, if you'll be in the marketplace, if you'll listen carefully, you'll hear the little kids go, Abba, Abba. Well, are they trying to recite this verse? No. They're just calling out to their dad. And they're just go, they're looking for candy or they're trying to get there as attention. You know, I don't know if you ever had kids that are like, dad, 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 dad. You ever had that? Mom, 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 mom. All right. They're just going, Abba, 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 Abba. They're just trying to, they're just trying to get this because that's what kids do. But they're, they're coming up. They're like, listen, you're the one that's covering me and following me. And I call you Abba. This is what, this is what it means. This is what the Spirit's trying to say to every one of us, there's a different kind of relationship that we have with God that no other person and no other religion has across the face of the earth. It's all candidly broken. This is the one true and living God who's saying, I crafted you in my image and you were made to be in my family and I want you calling me dad. Abba, not afraid 
One of the great treasures I have in my whole life is to get to be a dad. My kids, and, and it was so fun to get to see all these babies because it's such a sweet season. But then the kids start growing up and they have their own things and they get all into the things. And, but every once in a while, I'll be sitting on the couch. My young, our youngest is nine now, oldest is 15. So they're kind of moving on and they're getting cool and too cool for me. Not that I was ever cool to start with, but they're moving on. But every once in a while, I'll be sitting there and one of them will sit down next to me and they'll just put their head on my shoulder and I won't move at all. So I don't want to scare them away because I just love it so much. And it's the greatest thing because I just, they're my treasures. And what I just love is when they feel, even for a moment, that they have that kind of connection with me where they could just lean in. And I just have to say here, church, this is what the Father wants with us. It, it could just, this thing would never work trying to show up and sing a few songs on Sundays. This relationship that we have with God is so much richer and deeper. And he's wanting for people to just lean in a little bit and say, Abba, Dad, that's what we do. That's what that spirit, so that's why you have the spirit of God in you because you were meant to have power to scream at the top of your lungs, I am a child of God. It's who I am. I'm a child of God. And what the spirit, what, what time we finish at 10, 15? Just we're trying to, 10, 15? We just changed service time, so I messed up. 10, 15, all right. Is that right? Thank you. Allison knows. By the grace of God, there's somebody in here that knows. Okay. What Paul is trying to say, though, or what the spirit is trying to say in this text here is this. There is a trap. And here's the trap. You were, when you called on the name of Jesus for life and for hope, for covering and forgiveness of sin and to be made and brought into this family, he gave us the Holy Spirit. But there's this nagging, broken thing that is gonna pull in us and what it's called is the spirit that we used to operate by. And it's called the spirit of slavery. And it, its aim is to lock us down in brokenness, in fear. And so here's the question. It says, it says, what he says is don't fall back into that spirit of slavery. Don't operate in the old way where we were enemies and separated. I want you to lean in to being adopted and brought in. And so it says, don't fall back to a spirit of slavery in fear, right? The spirit this spirit of slavery is a spirit of fear. And so the, here's the question. What does it mean to operate under the spirit of fear? I took my daughter, my youngest daughter, for her 10th birthday. We went to Dollywood, and we had a chance to ride a couple of roller coasters. Well, we got there, and she was so excited. She got on the first roller coaster, and she kind of came out of it like, I'm not sure what just happened. But I think it was cool. And so she was like, well, let's try the next one. She kind of got her legs back under, and we got on the next one. And we're sitting there. And um, she goes, I mean, we get strapped in, they put the bar in front of us, and then she goes, Dad, I can't do this, I gotta get off. So I like, I start waving at the person, and then we just, boosh, take off. And the lady's like, right, it's like, 
And so we're on this thing, whether you want to be on or not. And so all of a sudden, I put my arm over my daughter, and then all of a sudden, I feel the grip. A grip. I mean, I, it, it just comes on, and as tight as she can possibly hold on, she's holding on to me. I still have the scars on my shoulder to prove it. And we're going on this thing, and it gets to the, what feels like the end of it, and she's like, oh, that's good. And then, she, and, and then I was like, well, it's not over. And she's like, what do you mean it's not over? And so we're about to go backwards. And she's like, what do you mean we're about to go backwards? And all of a sudden, grips down harder. And then we start going backwards. And the last little part of this, if you've been to Dollywood, you've been on that ride. It goes a little bit backwards. And then we got off and she, and she was like, the rides are good. Um, let's do some things that aren't rides now. And so it was, I don't know if we, we got on the merry-go-round, but we did, we had, and we had an absolute blast and we did the animal shows and all the other stuff that was there. But that for just that moment, that's the picture of what fear wants to do is paralyze you. And what it does is you lock down in control. Now, when it says that we operate by spirit of fear, this spirit of slavery is to begin to lock down and to try to take control of our own lives and to try to make and work to create and to do for ourselves what God was always meant to do for us. Because listen, to walk in fear doesn't mean we walk around like we're in a horror movie shivering. What it means is we walk and we wrestle. What it looks like is we have sleepless nights where we are constantly worried about the next day or we're walking around exhausted because we're just trying to hold on and handle all of our circumstances and trying to make everything happen for ourselves, right? Those places where we're just holding on so tight that we're trying to seize control and try to seek out to live our own best lives and it never ever works out. And what God is saying is, I want you to trust me to take your hands off and ask me your Abba, to come in, because that's what it means to walk by faith. It's to be like a kid who trusts that the dad is going to be for him, that you ha I have a good father that's leading him. I, I love how Max Lucado, he often puts things in, in great ways. If you've ever read any of his books, I love how he puts it uh, in his book, Anxious for Nothing. He says it this way. He says, when a father leads his four-year-old son down a crowded street, he takes him by the hand and he says, hold on to me. He doesn't say, memorize the map or take your chances dodging the traffic or let's see if you can find your way home. The good father gives the child one responsibility. Hold on to my hand. God does the same with us. Don't load yourself down with lists. Don't enhance your anxiety with the fear of not fulfilling them. Your goal is not to know every detail of the future. Your goal is to hold on to the hand of the one who does and never, ever let go. This is our aim. Church, our, our, our aim is to stop thinking and living as slaves and to begin to think and live by faith in who we really are, which is a child of the king of the universe. That's who you are. If you're in this room and you call on the name of Jesus, you're a child of the king of the universe and you have everything. You might be in the darkest moment of your life, but hear this, you have everything.
He is here for you and he's willing to go into that dark place and he's willing to be with us on the mountaintops and the celebrations like we had this morning and the hard moments and the hard times. And we'd be remiss if we didn't say that life has many ups and downs. And if you've been in any kind of journey of faith, sometimes it feels like one step forward and four steps backwards. But God's saying, I'm here for it because I'm a good father. I don't leave you. All you got to do is hold on to my hand. That's what he's asking. That picture of slavery is a tough one. Uh, honestly, because it's one of the sickest possible concepts that we can imagine. It's certainly one of the most uh, depraved and broken parts of our nation's past, this idea of slavery. But even today, sl slavery continues to exist as women and children are trafficked for some of the most heinous crimes on the planet. And when we think about what slavery actually is, and its grossness, its vile and brokenness, we tend to think, well, I'm not a slave. I don't operate that way. And by the grace of God today, listen, we're not slaves. But there is an attitude and a spirit of slavery that God does not want us to fall back into. And so I just want to take a moment and contrast what it looks like to operate as children versus what it looks to operate as slaves. And we'll finish up with this. A slave obeys because they have to. But a child obeys out of love for and joy in their dad. A slave works under the threat of punishment to pay for their mistakes. But a child sees discipline not as retribution, but as an opportunity to grow, to, to receive instruction, right? If you primarily think God's gonna get me whenever you mess up, if you've ever had that thought, that's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of slavery. A slave lives in insecurity. Like if I mess up, I'm gonna get it. A child lives in security. That if I mess up, I know my dad's still gonna cover me and forgive me. A slave focuses on external behavior and rule following to make sure just they're doing all the right things. But a child gets to focus on relationship and attitudes of the heart. You get to see the inner heart. A slave lives for acceptance. They're looking for belonging. But listen, a child gets to live from the place of knowing they already are accepted. There's, this, uh, there can't be a, a more, the, that one word changes everything. To live for something versus being able to live from our reality. We're not meant to live for acceptance. Church, in Christ, you are fully accepted. Therefore, we get to live from that place of being accepted. It's freedom. It's a radically, that one word changes for and from, changes everything. Slave believes that they'll have, uh, they have to take care of everything themselves. No one's looking out for them, right? But a child believes Abba is gonna take care of them. 
If we're honest, probably many of us would say in our faith journey, walk as following Jesus as, as a Christian, that we've lived with a lot of thoughts that accompany this spirit of slavery. That I live as if my performance is necessary in order to be accepted by God. That if I'm gonna have any kind of favor at all, then I have to continue to do and put out in order to be held and to be cared for or to, be ha to have any kind of value. That I have to prove and prove again that I'm worth being a child. And I just, my kids never have to do anything to prove they're my kids. They just don't. You got kids or grandkids in here, you felt the same thing. A slave thinks I have to do so that I can have and so that I can be. That my performance earns God's favor. And if that's the truth, if you think that your performance is what gets you God's favor, then guess what? We often lived overwhelmed, never at peace, constantly wondering if we can do enough. But a child doesn't think that way, right? A child thinks, I am, therefore I have. And from what I have, I get to do. I get all the benefits of being a part of our family. That's the gospel. And I'll finish with this. The gospel says that literally before I ever did anything, God adopted me fully and totally. He declared me to be his child whom he loves and with whom he is pleased, hear this, simply because I just said, yes, I want to be in the family. You bet. And because I'm in the family, I'm a child. I get to share in the resources of all that God is and all that he has as we get to live out being a part of the family. So verse 17 says, if you have your Bibles open still, we'll throw it up here, but it says, since we are children, then our heirs, we're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ. I can't think of a better thing to say about the scope of our lives than to be able to say that. And this is what God has for everyone that will call on his name. And this is more than just a cool religion and way of living. This is a, a an entire undoing of all of what we experience and see in the world and giving us a brand new reality in a new family. It's totally different and God's looking for us to function and live and breathe in life with him. And that's the call. That's what he wants. It's what he wants from every one of us to lean in as his children. We're gonna pray. Luke, you can come on up. You can put your stuff down. We're gonna finish up this morning. Father, we can't thank you enough for an opportunity just to come and to have our hearts and our minds changed again.
just to begin to receive again the spirit of sonship. That spirit that just verifies that we're sons and daughters of the king of the universe. And we thank you, Father, that you're here now through your spirit to just to begin to remove and to pull down and to deconstruct those ways in which we operate out of that spirit of slavery. Where we live fear-based lives and your call is to lean in to you. Father, Dad, Abba, one who covers me, one who's for me. I thank you, God, that you're here to receive us that way, fresh and new this morning. And I know that the Lord's here just to encourage and bless and minister his goodness to you. I'm not gonna have you come forward or I'm not even have you raise hands. But I do want you to take this moment that if you find yourself not really looking at a good father, when you come to the Lord, it's transactional. Or you find yourself living in places of fear where you're trying to control everything around you and nothing seems to be working. Would you just be honest with the Lord right where you're at? And say, Lord, here are the ways that I'm operating in fear. Just share that with him and give that to him. Truly, it's actually an act of worship when we just tell him, here are the ways where I haven't trusted you. Do you know that's worship? Here are the things I'm afraid of. Here are the things that build anxiety in me. Here are the things that are broken. Here are the things where I feel like I've failed a 10,000 times and I'm just bringing this back to you because you're a good father and you never forsake me. If you hear the voice in your ear telling you that you're a failure, Or you haven't succeeded, would you just give that? I'm asking you just to, with in your own heart of hearts, would you just give that to the Lord and just say, I'm giving this to you. I'm not making a list. I'm just giving this to you. And then if you're here, you guys here in the room, you guys joining us online. If you have, if, if you would just do this, open your heart and your hands to the Lord. So if it helps you to physically open your hands to the Lord, you can do that, turn them up to the Lord. You don't have to do that. But just would you just uh, position yourself to just receive the word of the Father over you? And here's what he'd say. You're my child. 
and I will not leave you and I will not abandon you. Son or daughter, I'm for you and not against you. And I choose to breathe life on you even in your darkest moment. In that moment where it felt like your faith was fully gone, I breathe on you life and I receive you again as my son and my daughter. And I choose to walk with you out of a covenant that is unbreakable, can't be shattered, can't be shaken. And you may feel pressed down, but you're not crushed. You may feel persecuted, but you are not abandoned. You may feel struck down, but you're not destroyed because I'm for you. And everything that is mine is yours. So Father, I just, I pray that you'd bless them right now. Would you just ask the Lord to give that to you, a fresh spirit of adoption as sons and daughters to encourage your heart this morning. If you're here in the room or you're joining us online and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to give you joy and peace and hope and to take sin and brokenness from you, I wanna invite you to begin to just say, just ask and he'll be so faithful to do it right now. If you don't know that you're a follower of Jesus, therefore you don't have the spirit of God, therefore you don't have a spirit of adoption, just hear this, the Father's arms are wide open saying, come on, come be in my family, I'm for you. I made you, you're in my image. And I'll, I'll lead you faithfully. I thank you God that that's who you are and that's what you do. We bless you for this moment in time. Or would you lead these families faithfulness and your goodness. May we be changed today, stirred for more of you in the mighty name of Jesus. You guys stand with me. I want to pray a blessing as we go. I'm going to cover you. What we're going to do is we'll have our prayer partners. We'll have some prayer partners up front. If you got anything going on in your world at all, we love praying with people. We love partnering. And, uh, and in this place, we're gonna just continue to have an opportunity for ministry and just connection, pray for each other. But if you're ready to party and hang out with people and celebrate, um, you can go to the foyer. By the way, families, if you came with your kiddos, when you pick your kiddos up, um, we have our, our cameraman should be out there somewhere to take pictures if you want pictures done for you. So um, just go out there and then look for the guy that's got the huge camera and then uh, he'll be able to take care of you. So. Um, but we want to be able to do that and bless you families. And we're so thankful that you're here. I, want, I do want to, if you live in the area and you don't have a church home, come hang with us. This is, we'd love for you to be, have a home here because we're growing in the things that God has for us. We're going to grow as sons and daughters and all the great things that God has. I'm looking forward to this series because there's more things that God has for us. And I want to encourage you to invite someone to Easter and come be a part of what God's doing here. Uh, I'm going to pray a blessing as we go. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Savior of the world, we pray this. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Blessings. We'll see you next week.